0: Pedro Grafal has been with the Kansas City Royals since essentially the 2013 season, and he's seen everything from winning it all in 2015 to the rebuild the Royals are going through right now. And he has a real special relationship with Salvador Perez. Him and Salvi have really accomplished a ton in Kansas City. I sat down with Pedro Grafal on the latest KC Bobcast. I I think I gotta ask right off the bat, man. What are you doing, man? You should be at a baseball stadium right now. You know, writing things in that big notebook you keep on the bench. So, what's going on in Pedro's life right now?
1: You know what? Uh, today we started back up uh, with Salvi, and I just got back from Mike Tozar's house where he's got a cage, and we do. He gets his hitting in with Mike Tozar, and then right away we do our we do our catching stuff. And uh, it was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in about two and a half, three weeks. Uh, He's in great shape, and we got a great workout in today.
0: Well, that's good, man. I mean, everybody's kind of itching to get back, and and everybody wants to get back. We want you back. You guys want to be back. So how are you guys just, like, killing the time? What's it been like since you you got the message that we're shutting things down? You know, we've had a lot of Zoom calls, to
1: be honest with you. We've been been really active. Uh, This thing – this has taught us quite a bit. You know, it's, it, it's, it's taught us how to, um, without the, without going on the field, it's taught us how to come together. It's taught us how to, you know, use the Zoom calls. You know, it, it, it's just, we've gone over so many things as a staff with the players. We communicate every week at least once or twice with the whole team. Um, and I think everybody's more appreciative of, of what we do for a living. Uh, now, um, I think everybody in general is like, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I'm in the game. I'm happy that we get an opportunity to do what we love to do on a daily basis and get paid for it.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I think it, it's given us all a different appreciation of, of life and, you know, just everything that's going on because, You know, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, nobody ever thought anything like this was possible. And now, all of a sudden, here we are. Oh, my gosh. We're all, like, in quarantine. We're all in places we've never been doing things we've never done before. It's made us adapt. It's made us adjust. But I think it really has. It's made us all appreciative of what we have in life, you know, leading up to this.
1: No doubt about it. That's 100%. Every time we get together, um, we talk about that, which is pretty interesting. Uh, It comes up. Like, you know, the season's over. In a regular season, the season's over, you go home. You don't miss baseball right right away. You miss it maybe two or three weeks into it, but you understand it's the off season. For some reason, it this doesn't it doesn't feel right. You know, we're home, we, we don't we shouldn't be home right now. Um and so it's kinda hit us in a different way to where like, hey, we're supposed to be playing ball right now, we're not, we're in a national emergency or state of emergency. So I mean it's like one of those where you're like, um, Okay, let me, let me, let me rethink this thing. I'm, you know, I'm grateful for blah, 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 blah. I mean, we can go on, that list can go on forever, you know, and, um, just, just today, just being able to see Salvi and work with him and, and get back to like, okay, this is what we're going to do when we get back. This is, I mean, it was just so, um, uplifting. Uh, it was, it was a high energy practice and it was just, it was
0: just great to get back out there. How can you not get uplifted when you're around Salvi, too? Like he's he's one of those guys where if, if you need like a pick me up or you just need to put a smile on your face, like just go talk to that guy. He's going to bring you up, man. He's going to rate he's going to raise your spirits. I I say Rusty's the same way too, man. If you ever just you feel down, just call Rusty. He'll make you feel better about things and no Salvi doubt. Make no you feel no better doubt. Better too,
1: right? No doubt. You know uh Salvi just got back from Kansas City. He had to drive get to drive up there. So he drove him in this uh um a couple of family members went up to pick up his stuff from Kansas city. had to bring it back because he had a bunch of stuff that had already gotten shipped out for the season. So he needed some of that stuff. So he just got back yesterday, probably three or four o'clock No, about two or three o'clock worked out last night, uh, cranked the machine up and did his catching stuff last night in his house. And this morning at 10 o'clock he was hitting with Mike. So when you're talking about how can you not get up, you know, this, he, the energy he has for, you know, in life it, it, itself, it's unbelievable, let alone for baseball. I mean, there, you know, every time he puts the gear on, you know, it, it's, you know, he takes it to another level as far as the energy and the passion that he brings to his craft. So um, we were just happy to be out there. We were just happy to sweat. He was happy to
0: just block some balls. And I, I got to know more about Salvi driving from Miami to Kansas City. I mean, that's not a five minute drive. That's, you know, that's a day. 19 experience. hours. Yeah, that's a day to get out of Florida. Like, what what's that drive like for Salvi? What would it be like to be in the car with Salvi that long? He said, you know, he said he said he enjoyed it. You know,
1: he said I I, I just I really enjoyed just seeing new things and just being in the car and not having to be locked up in my house and um, you know and also he he needed some of the stuff that he had to go get. He had all his clothes over there, a bunch of stuff over there, so. I mean, they they went out. They they got there in about nineteen hours straight. They they packed their car up. They were
0: there for like uh, maybe twenty four hours, and they drove right back. Um, so so you've been working out, you know, with, with Salvi, getting awesome work done down there. I see solaire has been working out down in Miami. It seems like these guys, when they arrived at camp for you back in you know February or whatever, like they're ready to go. I think a lot of people were underestimating what kind of team you guys were going to be this year. Um, I like
1: flying under the radar. Um, we know what type of team we got we know what type of um of passion we got we know how hungry we are um but it's it's always good to fly under the radar i mean that's um that's the way we did it in 14 that's the way we did it in, you know we didn't do it like that in 15 but in 14 we broke into you know the scene kind of under the radar and we're athletic we're hungry we're a team we're a fan and um we got the leadership you
0: know yeah. And, and that's so important too, to have those leaders. And, 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 I think you do definitely have it, especially with Gordo and Salvi and some of the guys that were there, you know, in that 14 and 15 run. I think it kind of, you know, reinforces to a lot of these new guys and the young guys. Hey, we were good like five years ago. We were world champions and, and, you know, we can get back to that level. And so, you know, what, what kind of impact are those guys that were part of the 14, 15 run having on some of these young guys or had, I guess I should say on some of these young guys early on?
1: You know, uh we talk about this in the spring and, and the the key to those guys is that they built it, we won, it you know, we had to break it down again, and now we're we're building again. So they've been they've been bottom, top, top, bottom, bottom, top. You know, again, that's what we're trying to do, get back to the top. So they they've seen it all. So they're, there's when that happens, when you have guys that have gone through that, you know, so many of those different uh, eras or different years, uh, there's no panic, right? So, and that's part of a major league season, you know, not having any panic. You know, just worry about today. If it doesn't happen today, we'll worry about tomorrow. And and that's you know throughout that 162 game grind this year. Is obviously, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little, you know, it won't be that many games. But when when you have a team that doesn't panic. And they're talented. Um, it, it, it creates a, a good atmosphere because you don't, you don't have that drama in the clubhouse. You don't, you know, and everybody is out for one common goal, which is, you know what? Let's prepare for today. Let's try to win this ball game today. Once the game is over, flush it. Let's get back, you know, let's get back to work the next day. And that, that's a part of, of creating a winning environment. That's how we were before. You know, if we didn't win today, we knew we were going to go out there and kick your butt tomorrow. And, and we had that type of confidence and that's what it seems like we're, we got now. It it seems going into spring training, you know, we, that's what it felt like. Um, You know, unfortunately we're, we had to take a little break, but I, I, I don't think we'll skip a beat when we get back.
0: Well, that's good to hear, man. And, and a a lot has been made, obviously the, of the young guys and the young pitchers, but you know, this is kind of similar to that wave that came up, 11, 12, 13, and then started to win in 14. How do you compare these two different waves of young guys coming up to each other?
1: Um, pretty similar. I mean, we're extremely athletic. Those guys were extremely athletic. Those guys were big-time winners. They won the minor leagues. You know, um, you know we're, we've been winning in the minor leagues now for a couple of years. I mean, last year, I, I think we, we won like three championships down there or something uh-huh. like that. Um. And um, I was looking forward to the ring ceremony because there was a bunch of guys getting rings this year in the minor leagues. And that's, you know, kudos to our minor league coaches and our scouts and everybody. They've done an unbelievable job. Um, It's hard to win championships no matter what level you're at. And we won a bunch of them this past year. So when you start creating that winning environment top to bottom, you know, um, you get that confidence to where, you know what, it's going to happen again. And that's what those guys had, you know, before I got here. I got here in 13 and they had that. They had won all the way through. And these guys here, they're winning now, you know, uh, Khalil Lees of the world, the Melendez and these guys that have been, you know, that are, they're coming up in the, in the minor leagues. Those guys have won, you know, uh, Kyle Isbell, you know, those, those guys are winners. Um, and when you plug him into a system with guys that have won a world championship, you know, Hey, what do you got? You got winners down below, you know, mixing in with winners, you know, at the ultimate level, the highest level. And. You know, we're building something pretty nice, I believe.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And this time around, it's different because it's like all frontline pitching. Like, I, I I've tried to watch every Brady Singer start I could during the spring training. Every time there was one on that he was pitching, and I'm sitting there in front of the TV geeking out and getting excited about it. Am I right to be that excited about him? I think you are.
1: Uh, and it's not just him. It, you know, it's the, you know, the Cowards, the Lynch, the Zubers, I mean, all the other guys. I mean, the, these, guys are, these guys are extremely talented they're really smart. They, they, they adapt really well. So and that's really important because when you go from level to level, you gotta, you gotta make adjustments. You gotta adapt. And, um, and those guys adapt really well. And, um, that's a nice recipe for success. And I, I think that, um, you know, obviously pitching wins, we know that, right. And, uh, we got we got some good pitching coming, and we got some talented guys on the offensive side that can that can play defense. And that's how we won in the past, and that's how we're building to win in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that the guy that, that's leading the way is is probably the right guy in charge right now. And Mike Matheny. If I if I hear one more time about the Matheny speech at spring training and don't get to hear the Matheny speech, I'll be like, come on, you got to give me some of that Matheny speech action, man. Did Did it wow you as much as it wows everybody? Um, you know what? He's a great leader, um, and he's a great leader because he understands people, and
1: um, he empowers people. He empowers his coaches. He empowers his players. Everybody is working together for one common goal. Um, this is not an individual thing. Even though it's uh, you know, even though you compete individually, you know, a hitter against a pitcher, a pitcher against a hitter, but. It doesn't feel that way when it comes to how we're built and how we do things. Um, speaking from, you know, a staff's point of view, we, we're empowered to do our, to do our work. We're, we, we, you know, go ahead and plan your day and get your work done and, and you know, each trust us. And he trusts the players and he empowers players. And he brings everyone together, you know, to make decisions on the things that we need to, that we need to do. And with that, you build what you build accountability. So everybody's accountable and everybody knows it. And You don't have to look for somebody else to hold you accountable because you know what, you're a part of the process. And when you're a part of the process, you're going to hold yourself accountable. So, um, that's the type of system that we've, that, that, that we've created that he, that he brought in and he's created. So, um, we're on this thing together and that's, that's, it's pretty special and it feels special, you know? It doesn't, it doesn't just look special, it feels special.
0: You know, that, that's interesting because I think you can relate that to like everyday life. No matter what you do for a living, if you have a boss that does empower you and lets you do your thing and doesn't interfere and trust you, that does go a long way to, to helping create a winning environment, I think. No doubt about it. Um, you know, like I said,
1: we prepare ourselves on a daily basis. And part of the reason or the main reason we prepare ourselves. Um, on a daily basis, is because you know what it's on us. He's empowered us to do our job, and um, you know, and he trusts us to get the job done and get it done right. So, um, like I said, um, you know, you you're, you get to the park, you're ready to go, um, and you hold yourself accountable, and you, you evaluate yourself, and you hold yourself accountable. Just because your our leader is telling you go do your thing and go and and and, and do your job, and everybody's doing their job right. So they're holding themselves. Kind of the whole place is is together. I like I said, the the best way I can describe it is it feels different. You know, it feels like okay, we're we're in this thing together. And when you got twenty six guys and a staff, and and you feel like everybody's pulling in the same direction, you know, it 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 feels like a like just a machine coming at you, like a well oiled machine coming at you, and. Um, that's the part I love the most. That was the part of I love the you know getting up at four forty five in the morning and go to spring training and you know plan our day and let's let's get to work you
0: know? how, how like how did he have that immediate impact? i mean it it almost feels like from the moment he took over, everybody was all in like like why did that happen? Sometimes it takes a while, you know, no matter what you do to to buy into your boss. Does this guy know what he's doing and stuff like that like it feels like everybody was just all in right away.
1: Well, first of all, it, you know, um, it's Mike Matheny, right? I mean, he's coming in from St. Louis. He's, he's had a lot of success there. He's a you know former player, gold gloves. He's got good presence. Um, you know, so he's coming in with a little, you know, with a, with a pretty good resume. But again, I'll, I'll go back to that, to that feel for the human being and, and that, and that feel for leadership where, you know, you empower people right away and you give, you, you, you trust people and you, and you you focus on building relationships, it happens pretty quick. Um, and also, you know, he's he's inherited a staff other than other than Mabry, he's inherited a staff that has built relationships, you know, for a few years now that, you know, we're there, we are there to expedite those relationships with players as well. Like, you know, my relationship with Salvi, um, you know, I feel like I have the ability to expedite Matheny's relationship with Salvi, you know, through me, you know, so like, Hey, we're in this thing together. I trust my trust, Mike Matheny. Salvi trusts me. He doesn't know him yet, but now he feels like he can trust Mike Matheny. You know I mean? So it's one of those things that we're all, we're all in this thing together. We're all bridging, you know, relationships and expediting relationships. And um, I think when you, when you inherit a staff, like we've had, you know, guys that have been there for two, three, four, five, six years, you know, and have strong relationship with players, you know, that can also help, help the process. But again, it goes back to the presence, the feel for, for the human being, the feel for leadership, the empowerment, the trust, the building of of relationships and, and just that, that empathy, that, that empathetic presence that he brings to where, Hey, you know what? I'm with you. I got your back. And that's, that's a, that's a, that was, that's a game changer when it comes to how quick can you become a leader of a ball
0: So uh, as as you start to ascend and and you know become a manager in this game, which I think you obviously have an awesome shot of doing, and you've had the interviews before, and obviously people know you around baseball. Like, how much have you already taken away from your new boss that you're like, oh, I'm definitely using that when I get my my opportunity in the big leagues? Oh, a lot. I mean, he
1: stands in front of a club, and when he talks to the club, it's 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 big time presence. I mean, it's it's he stands in the middle of the club, and you know, and just there's the tone on his voice is just like i said i'm i'm it's a tone of i'm with you i'm not i'm not um you know i'm not your authority per se or i'm not you know over you i'm with you i'm in the trenches with you and that goes a long way when you're talking to major league players and when he stands in that room he's prepared um he knows exactly the message he wants to send that day and then the expectations you know he holds himself accountable and the expectations are on him and the club and the people that are working with them. So there, to answer your question, um, there's a lot that I've got that I've, that I've been able to, to kind of absorb from him um, for sure. And I'm looking forward to spending you know, the whole year with him you know, and, and keep learning and we're learning from each other. I believe, I, I think that the staff that we have, there's a lot of experience in there and there's a lot of uh, different positions that we've all held. Um, so I, I believe that we're all learning from each other, but, but there's a, there's a hell of a lot that I've learned, uh, you know, in a very,
0: in a very short amount of time from him for sure. So, so do you, do you keep like a, like a, I don't know if it's a if it's a running notebook or a file or anything like that of your ideas when, when you get the opportunity to be a manager. So when you go interview for these jobs, you've got your plan laid out or you're constantly changing that. Like how do you prepare, I guess, to be a manager in the big leagues? You hit it right on. If, if you would look at all my stuff, you'd think I'm 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 crazy. Um,
1: I write everything down. You know everything that I feel is necessary. You know to create a culture, to, you know, to leadership, to whatever it is. I, I write it down, and then when I have some time, I go back and I organize it and prioritize it. And you know I have this this whole that in my computer that I have from culture to relationship building to leadership you know to leadership building to and during this time we've actually gotten together as a staff and um and we've done some leadership classes as a staff which I have learned so much from those you know um and I've had some time to kind of go over my stuff and kind of organize it. So you hit it right on the nose. I mean, everything I hear that I feel can help me in the future, I, I write it down and then I prioritize it and I stick it into the right, into the right columns per se. Um, so I'm prepared to,
0: if I ever get a chance, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to lead. Do you, do you have like certain leaders of maybe a company or an organization or something outside of baseball that you look at, that you've like read about, or follow their kind of path, or anything like that. Are there, are there certain leaders that you look up to?
1: I'm um, I'm I'm a little bit of a freak with that. I I I, I read everything. I uh, I read um, about all you know types of leaders. Um, I I read a lot. I'm I'm a I'm a book freak. And um, but we have a leadership department in our in in Kansas City that's that's pretty damn good. And uh, Matt Morasco's is is the guy that that uh kind of leads that and he's been going through some some Zoom stuff with us um, and we've we've come together we've gotten closer we've shared ideas and um i think we're just you know again you know it's making us stronger it's it's teaching us it's teaching us the importance of you know building relationships and um you know just just letting people do their work and trusting them and
0: empowering them, which I think is a big part of leadership. No doubt. When you look back on on your time with the Royals, obviously 2015 is the championship year. What's your favorite story from that season? Uh, it it really started in 14.
1: You know, um, it's just how we ended the season. We got in on a wild card, and then. Um, you know, we did what we did in the playoffs and we got we came that one that just one run short of, of winning it in game seven. To answer your question, it was spring training. When we got to spring training, it was almost like I, I was just watching uh uh that 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 documentary or whatever on the on the Bulls um a couple of days ago when they lost to the Pistons the second time. And that nobody went on vacation after they lost, that everybody everybody went straight into the gym. And it kind of reminded me of what what we felt like in after 14. Like we were so close and we can't we this can't be the end. You know, what I mean it it has to we gotta come back and finish this thing, right? So when we got back to spring training, the players came in with just that look like okay, we, we have unfinished business and we're going to finish it this year. And it, it was that feel, that feel that I was talking about earlier, you know, earlier in this interview, when we were talking about it's like, you don't, you don't, you don't just see it, you feel it. Right. And it was, it was that feel that we have unfinished business and we're going to finish it this year. One way it was just spring training. Work their eyes, their focus. Um, that I'll never forget. That I'll never forget that day because we talked about it as a staff. When you know, like three or four days into it, you know, Ned sat us down and we were just having our meeting, and everybody was like, uh, "There's something different going on here. These guys are expecting this, expecting us to raise that trophy this year." And sure enough, man, I mean, we battled. We battled through. We had some adversity in the
0: playoffs, but I don't think there was ever a doubt that we were gonna that we were gonna win that World Series in '15. Take me into the dugout game for Houston eighth inning. What's Mike Mustaka saying?
1: Again, it was, it was, there, there's no way it's going to end like this. And that's what he was saying. This is not ending like this. You know, we're, we're not going home, um, you know, like this. And if you look at that, they, they just, I, I don't know if I saw that game, like in a video or they put it on MLB. beach. I'm not sure where I saw it, but I, I saw it like three weeks ago. If you look at that dugout, there was like no panic in that dugout. You know, it it was weird because I'm sitting next to Ned and and we were talking about what well, we were going to do game five, you know, and at home. And it, it was just the weirdest thing. It's like, we're not losing this game, you know, and then the way it happened, it was just hit after hit. And we caught a break there with Morales and Correa. And, you know, it was one of those things that, Put it this way: It didn't surprise me how we won. For some reason, we just knew we were gonna we were gonna come out on top and we were gonna go home and close it out. I mean that that's it was crazy. weird. It was weird. That, it was just weird. It was just I can't really explain it. It was just we we knew we were gonna get this done one way or
0: the other. What 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 gave you guys that confidence that being down like you were in the eighth inning, like that you were gonna win that game? Like how, how did you how did you have that confidence? Because it I know started for me. It
1: started in fourteen. Yeah. Right. It started in 14. We weren't supposed to do anything in 14 and we went swept right through the playoffs. These guys, um, those guys had an edge, man. The, those Hosmers and Mustakas and Perez and Gordon, those guys had an edge to them. Like, you know, to where, you know what, we're better than you, you know, and if we're not better than you, we're going we're gonna to outplay you and we're going to outheart you and we're going to just have more passion than you. Whatever, whatever, whatever ticks inside, it was just – it got to a point where we weren't going to lose. You know, that's that's the feeling that we got in that clubhouse and in that dugout.
0: If, if you guys would have won in 14, would you have won again in 15, or did the loss in 14 propel the winning in 15? That's a
1: great question, um, and I, I don't have an answer to that. I, I really don't. I know that part of the edge we came in in 15 was because – Game seven at home, you have to win, right? And we didn't win it. And maybe that edge to where, you know, we have 40,000 people there wearing blue, you know, waving that white, that, or that blue, that blue towel and we didn't finish it. That kind of left a, you know, that, that kind of, that hurt. It really hurt. You know, game seven at home, you don't, you don't lose game seven at home. So I can't answer that question. I, I, I think that Part of our motivation in 15 was, you know what, the city deserves a championship, and we were so close, and we're not going to let these guys, we're not going to let these fans down, and we're not going to let our, you know, anybody down, we're going to close this thing out. So um, I think a lot of the motivation and a lot of that, that fire came from not winning Game 7 at home on, in 14.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of what I think, too, because I remember being in the locker room after that Game 7, and we always tell the story, like, that was fun, yay, <laughs> all the way to Game 7 of the World Series. Little did we know, like those guys were pretty ticked off that they didn't win that game, and that yeah. was kind of the fuel for the next season.
1: Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't fun for us. Um, you know, going to the World Series wasn't wasn't in the cards. Just going to the World Series wasn't wasn't the plan for our guys. You know, winning the World Series was the plan. Anything other than winning, um, you know. I wouldn't say it was a disappointment, but it was something. It wasn't their goal, you know. They, they, like I said, it starts in the minor leagues. They won throughout, and the, they won, they won almost at every level in the minor leagues. And they were expecting to win in the major leagues, and they talked about winning in the major leagues together. So once you lose Game Seven at home, um, I think it, I think it just, that was the fire they needed for fifteen. And once we got there, um, once we got to that playoffs, and we clinched that that division. Um, you you know, you think about how we clinched—not just clinched the division, we had to clinch the you know home field advantage, which was a really big, mm-hmm. and how we did that. You know, that game in between Toronto and Tampa, you know that that Toronto lost in Tampa, and it gave us an opportunity to you know to clinch it. That was a big deal for us. Winning the All Star game was a big deal for us. We had a bunch of guys in the All Star game, in, you know that year in in San Diego, so no i was in cincinnati sorry we had a bunch of guys in in the all star game in, in cincinnati that we knew how important it was to win that game cuz that win, that game gave you home field advantage so it wasn't just the division it was just the 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 other stuff that was important to us and we got everything done that you know, we got everything done that took us right into the playoffs that that you know that's why when you talk about game 4 in houston we there wasn't any panic. I, I, I think our guys knew that it wasn't going to end like this.
0: So looking back on game seven of 14, should Jersh have sent Gordon?
1: I think Jersh made the right move. You know what? I, <laughs> I I think everybody in baseball and everybody in the stands would have loved to have seen what happened. Can Crawford make, can Crawford make that throw? Um, us, you know, after watching it a million times and, you know, he, he, he did the right thing. You know, we had a, we had Salvia, you know, at the plate. We had Gordon at third base and you know what? Give Salvia a chance to win it. I think, I think Crawford does make that throw. I really do. Um, he's a multiple time goal glover with a plus plus arm and he, he had the ball in plenty of time. So, you know what? In my, in my opinion and in his too, let Salvi win the ball game you, know, you know, gordo says differently
0: chance. though Gord, Gord, we had gordo uh, on a couple of weeks ago goes, yeah you should have sent me let's see what happens nah, <laughs> nah,
1: nah. yeah let's see what happens and if you get thrown out by 20 feet let salvi swing it right now um you know i i i think that that was the right call by by uh jersh um i would have never have wanted it to end the other way i'm glad it ended that way with salvi with the bat in salvi's hand he had he had won it in the wild card game and he had been there before and he always has a knack for the big hit and you know what, it didn't happen
0: that day and it was meant for us to win it in fifteen. No doubt. All right. So I, I want to know more about the Salvi Kane relationship. Like what what was that dynamic like? You being so close to Salvi, what's that dynamic like with him and Kane?
1: Oh, really funny. It's relentless. Um, it it was
0: it was i don't know
1: how kane didn't just blow up on him you know just once at least but kane's kane's just a such a patient happy go lucky you know guy that and it was it was just funny it was a relentless um softly just relentless man i mean it's just one after the other and, yeah. and kane's just hey just whatever let's you know whatever you want to do
0: yeah so it, was, it was so much fun from a fan perspective to watch. You looked at it, it as like almost like the odd couple. Like, does Lorenzo like this, or is he just kind of playing along? or what, What's his reaction to all of this? I think at know?
1: times he liked it. I think at times he didn't and knew that he had to play along because Cal Savi was, was going to put it on social media, and 100,000 people were going to watch this thing right away. Um, <laughs> but I, I, can't, I can't
0: say that he liked it all the time. You know, I, uh, I just think he was a good sport. All right. Before I let you get out of here, are you sad you missed Dion by like a year at Florida State? Like, what would have been like playing with that guy? You know what?
1: <laughs> I actually didn't. I didn't miss. I I I missed. I missed playing with him for a year. Uh-huh. But he was actually playing football when I was there my freshman year. Okay. So I knew. I knew Dion. Um, I um, we spent some time together. Obviously, I was a freshman when he was when, when he was a, a, a senior. Um, he ran that place, um, him and, uh, Sammy Smith and Dexter Carter. Um, the one story that always sticks and I'll never forget. And they, this was when I was a, a senior in high school and I went for a visit. Dion, Sammy Smith, Dexter Carter, and Ronald Lewis were running the four by 100 in, in, I think they I, I, it was an ACC championship or something like that. And I was there on a visit. Dion ran the anchor, won that race, kept running. The track was behind the baseball field, kept running, jumped that fence, came into the clubhouse, dressed dressed out in baseball and uh, played. And Mike Martin put him in like in the sixth or seventh inning and finished the game out that day. And I'll never, ever – forget that that was you know you know because everybody all the fans were watching these guys run the stadium was almost the baseball stadium was almost empty once that race was over and you can hear them cheering you know about 200 yards away and they obviously they won that that relay once that that relay was over they came everybody came over and we they they packed they packed the house at dick hauser stadium and then they started screaming Dion, and Dion came in the game like in the sixth or
0: seventh inning, and that was that was just beautiful to watch. Is he the most incredible athlete you you've seen? I mean, it has to be right.
1: Yeah, I mean he was he was unbelievable. I mean, really unbelievable. I I obviously I go watch the football games because I I just love sports in general, and I was a seminal fan. But you know, I I every time our defense stopped them and Dion was returning a punt, it was just the place was electric. Um just because you don't know what he's gonna do. He was always, you know, um, he'd get hit really hard, he'd stay on the ground and just like like if he was hurt and the whole place goes quiet and all of a sudden he jumps up in the air and the whole place goes I mean it was just it was it was a show by an unbelievable athlete. Incredible athlete. Yeah, no doubt. Well stay healthy and let's hope we can get back to baseball soon, you know? I'm hoping, man. Our guys are we're all chomping at the bit. I mean I think not, not, not just us to play. I think this country needs baseball right now. Um, and it'll be nice for, you know, for all our fans to see us play every night and for all the baseball fans in this country to watch 15 games a night. Cause I think everybody will buy that MLB package, right? Yeah, oh God, and, yes. I and, can't wait. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, everybody's talked about it. So I think everybody will be able to, you know, and, and you know what? Somebody, somebody told me this the other day. It's, once baseball gets back, you have something to look forward to every day, every night, you know. And I think that that kind of shortens your day up a little bit, right? Like you go about your day and you're like, I'm going to watch the Royals tonight at seven o'clock or I'm going to watch, you know, whatever the Marlins at four. Or, you know, and you plan your day that way and your day goes by you know, quicker and you got something to do and, you know, you look, you look forward to doing it. You know, it's like that Sunday football game you look forward as soon as you
0: wake up in the morning
1: like okay let's, let's go
0: yeah. and I think that's what, that's what baseball will be once we get started seeing the Chiefs win give you a little more juice to try to get something done again with the Royals oh no doubt I love the Chiefs I love what they did congratulations to them and their, and their front
1: office and players and NGD and everybody and um I know what that feels like and that's um that's it's an incredible an incredible moment an incredible time um know what it feels like i can't wait to get back to at least having the opportunity to do it
0: i know hearing those stories about 2014 and 2015 never get old they always bring a smile to my face and it's really cool to hear that story from the eighth inning how the royals knew they were going to win and how pedro and ned were even making plans for game five during that fabulous eighth inning.
1: okay picture this